I V M. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I am your host Ashwin. I'm joined live and in person by my brother Varun. It has been a wild week. Wishing all our listeners a happy new year. Before I get into any more details, I will say full disclaimer: we are on vacation. This is, you know, an episode that we weren't fully planning to record, but after India's heroics at the Centurion, we decided to. So, upfront. Apologies for A, the lack of video this week, and B, the audio quality. We're just recording it on a regular iPad. There's no fancy podcast microphone, but we still felt like we had to get together to debrief what happened at the Centurion. So lots of great stuff. Varun, let's start with how are you feeling? First day of the new year, and India has ended 2021 with a bang, right? We recorded our last episode with some of our listeners. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. But did they record the 2021 wrap-up a little too early, you think? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, DJ was excited to do the highs and lows of 2021. And what a year it has been, right? We started off with the Sydney test early on in Jan 2021, which was kind of a moral victory for us. Led us into the GABA, where victory at the GABA, Fortress GABA, GABA Khan Khamand, as they call it. We then went into the Lord's test, the Oval test, and it's ended with Centurion. So four overseas wins for India. The only time this was done previously was 2018. And guess who was the captain then? Our boy. None other than Virat Kohli. So very successful test year for Indian cricket. The only glitch seems to have been that World Test Championship final where it it was was tough for us. Like uh, we didn't play up to... The expectation, especially when you think through that year. However, I do want to say, I think the the highs and lows episode may not have changed because India were favorites for this series, in my opinion. Ooh. So I think I think for me, the highs would still be Gala. That's a pretty big statement to say, winning at the Centurion, where, where we have never won before, right? Yeah, we have never won before. Almost no. I mean, look, the, the, we're going to get into all this, right? But the thing is, before the series started, the commentary had all been South Africa is the last real unconquered territory, right? One in Australia, one in England. I, I feel like I feel like you're underplaying this a little bit by saying India were favourites. No, I mean, I think India were or are the better team at the moment versus South Africa in any condition. Yes, at home it's going to be tough. Yes, at the Centurion. Yes, with the threat of rain. Plus, let's not forget there was so much controversy surrounding BCCI and Virat Kohli leading up to this game. So what it does to his mental state, the team's mental state, you've got a new vice-captain, you've got a new coach. So there's a lot happening. So Ashwin, you're right when I say that they may not have been exactly the favourites, but I think they are the better team. Let's talk a little bit about the team before we get into it. Obviously, we're so excited. I remember the day we recorded the episode after the GABA. There was so much adrenaline, so much excitement. Here, we've given ourselves an extra couple of days, but still, as I'm thinking about it and talking about it, now it's coming back. Let's start with India's team selection. First off, before we get into the teams even, what is what is happening with Virat Kohli and this coin? Yeah, suddenly he's winning tosses. Like, it's 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 a weird one for us. We're not used to it as Indian cricket. Now, we're used to winning overseas, but we're not used to winning the toss. Right, so... Let's talk about the team, right? Rohit wasn't available. Rahul and Mayank, the right call for you? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So no real debate there. Nobody's debating Kohli and Pujara. Actually, let's talk about Pujara 3, Rahane 5. I know you're not Rahane's biggest fan. Yeah, and I, I think he should not have played this, especially when you have a Hanuman Vihari sitting in the wings. He was sent to South Africa uh, with the India A squad earlier to quote-unquote prepare. 
And, you know, and he played phenomenally. He played, not only did he, was he sent, he played phenomenally. He missed the chance to play in the India home series against New Zealand. Shreya Sahaja, who was picked for that, actually performed really well. He also sat out. So you've basically just gone with Rahane time and time again. And we'll get into the first innings, but that disappointed me a lot. So the team selection, I thought, was perfect, barring Rahane. And I, for our listeners out there, I still believe in Pujara's technique to, to be able to win us or you know, or play according to the match situation in overseas tests. So that's why I'm a fan of Pujara. However, there's a lot of criticism for him as well. Yeah, I'm I'm personally not criticizing Pujara enough yet before this fight. Let's talk about after later. But I understand the Rahani decision and this is one of those tough ones. But we'll come more to the match and what he did later. Let's talk about that number seven, eight spot. Again, easy to look back and say, oh, we won, so it was fine. But there were points in that first innings where we all basically felt like, hey, Shantul at seven and Ashwin at eight or whatever order did Ashwin at seven, Shantul at eight is not strong. I think I've said before, neither of them is a great all-rounder for me. Collectively, maybe they make one batsman or half a batsman or one batsman of an all-rounder. But is that the right seven and eight for you? It sounds like you were happy with it. I mean, I was happy with it because Jereja was injured. Right. There's no other option. Yeah. The I think India has been very clear in their five bowler strategy and it has worked. Like nobody can look at us and fault. Nobody can look at Virat Kohli or the selection committee or the coach and fault what they're doing, right? This is our most successful test year. So if five bowlers has worked, four pacers has worked, given the fact Ashwin was not even played in England, I don't question the strategy. I just say with the personnel that they had, this was the best team. Last question, Nishant Sharma. Yeah. Hard to leave him out? I don't think so. I think Siraj is just proving time and time again that he can come and pick up the wickets, bowl long spells. I think with Shami and Bumrah, it's a given they're two of the, well, Kohli said this at the post-match, they're probably two of the top three or four bowlers in the world at the moment. And Siraj is doing really well. So, Ishan Sharma will play, but this is where we need to grow as a team and talk about workload management, talk about bowlers backing each other. And so, India smartly played the best lineup they had in the first test and got the result that they wanted. Right. I can't think of a better way to get into the first test in detail. We could spend hours talking about it, but we know the audio quality isn't great today, so we're going to try to be a little concise. But Lauren, why don't you walk us through it, right? When the toss put into bat, pretty much a dream start, right? Yeah, yes. and I mean, I was driving at this point when, and, you know, on our family road trip holiday, and as we were driving, Ashwin kept giving me stats. And this is like, basically, he, the way he summarized it is that since they put the man on the moon, this is the next best thing <laughs> to have ever happened. I mean, there were so many Twitter was going nuts with longest opening partnerships since this. First 100 plus opening yeah. partnerships. Anyway, so yeah, keep going. Yeah, so they, Mayank and Rahul, who are best friends off the field, got together. They put on 117 for the first weekend. It hadn't been done before. It set us up nicely. All the chatter around where one batsman short with playing Ashwin and Shargo, everything was kind of put to rest in that first session. And it was fantastic for us, right? So Mayank, unfortunately, went off at 60, but he was looking good, carrying on the form from the New Zealand home series. And then Pujara comes in and unfortunately gets out on the first ball he played, right? Inside edges it onto his pad, which goes up for a catch. And at this time, suddenly, Ngidi is on a hat-trick because he's, yeah, he's just bowling really well. Puchara, by the way, I have to say, goes back to the dressing room and later in the day gets a pat on the back from Dravid, which was a friendly pat as you cross somebody. And netizens went crazy making memes about that. But anyway, in comes King Kohli and 
Ashwin, this has been the pretty much the story, right? Looks good for 35 and then gets out edging. Like, on, what is it? Did you see the, the post on 14th stump line or whatever? Because there was, that ball was nowhere near where it needed to be played. And he's just got this habit. Every time he's gotten out after a start, it's been because he's reached for that ball way outside of him. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed as a Kohli fan who has been so eagerly waiting for that big one. I still believe it's right around the corner, but pretty disappointing to see him perish. But before we get into anything further, that means after Kohli's wicket, Rahane came in, added some runs on the board. And then we basically ended day one with, what, 270-odd? Yep. Four, three. Yes. How would you assess that day one of the century as a whole? I would say India's day by far. I would have loved if India was 300 for three, but 272 for three, I'll take it any day, especially because Rahane was looking good uh, at the end of day's play. So, I mean, India was on top from day one itself. And we were hoping for day two that we kind of come in, hit 500, and Rahul gets a big, big score. But day two was washed out. We lost it entirely. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back again with our unfortunately not great audio quality, but we will be right back to talk about what happened on day three, which felt like a day two, but technically it was day three. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market, and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders, and change makers from across business, media, marketing, and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Morning of day three, which feels like day two. Rahul walks in, riding on 117, I think it was. Rahane walks in, riding on in his 40s. Fourth. And what happened there? Like, what, what happened next, right? 270-something for three. I, I just felt like a real throwback, right? The next, call it, hour or so of cricket. Yeah, it just it felt like one of those all-too-familiar India collapses. We were on top at the day's at the end of day one, day three, we come out. Obviously, we need to get our focus and concentration back. Everyone's a little more kind of relaxed about it. But the South African bowlers, remember, have uh, collected their thoughts and had a lot of discussions with their coaches. And they came out. And you, will you believe it? They got, I think, I think they picked up four or five wickets in a space of 30 runs. That's right. That's and, nice. So your, your punt... Ashwin, Thakur, and Shami all went in like single digits. Bumrah had some kind of resistance at 14. Siraj was not out at the other end. And suddenly, India would just about put 60-odd runs on the board and ended at 327. I remember at that time being very upset because after India got all out, they flashed on screen that the average first-inning score at Centurion was 329. I mean, so after... So after being three, after being 272 for three on day one, we still didn't make the first average total. Yeah, I think it's incredibly disappointing. And these are the crazy, like for those people who don't like test cricket or don't follow it or don't understand it, it's these highs and lows that make it the amazing sport it is, right? The, from the incredible high of finishing day one at Centurion, 270 plus for just three wicket, two wrapping up to 327 all up now. Before the match, if you said, hey, we bat first, make 327. So that's not bad with the bowling we have. And it turned out to be okay. But after 270, it was just so incredibly disappointing. Shout out to Lugi and Giri and Kagiso Rabada who put in long spells, each of them bowling 24 and 26 overs and managing to pick up, you know, nine wickets in between the two of them. But then, this is one thing we've talked about a little on the show. 
when India comes out to Poku, you know, when you grew up in the 90s, for any of our listeners who were watching Indian cricket in the 90s, watching India bat was the dream, and you never wanted to watch India bowl, right? You would, you know, like when you played as a kid, you would wait for a batting to come. This time around, when, when Boomerang walks out with the shiny new red ball, you're almost more excited, right? Our bowlers have arguably won us more matches I than think, our batsmen. I think our bowlers have won us all the matches, yeah. if you think about it. The batsman number three, four, and five has been averaging at like 20 over the last two years. So, do you the, take, specifically call them the Indian middling order? Yeah, the middling order. The, I mean, the bowlers have won us the game. And I've honestly, like I was telling you on our holiday road trip, that I would put on the the match when Bunce is around, but I would probably want to sit down and watch our bowling. And well, boy, we're lucky we did that because Bumrah got to Elgar in the first over with an unplayable ball. Shami picked up five wickets and was just spectacular. I mean, we call him second inning Shami. What happened? But I don't know what happened in the first innings this time. Siraj was very good apart from throwing the ball back to the batsman a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I think a couple of times. So that was good. Uh, Thakur didn't pick up. Uh, Thakur picked up two and went for a very high economy rate. But two quick things. One, Ashwin didn't pick up a single wicket. And I think that was a bit shocking to all of us, given his name is being recommended for one of the ICC Test Players of the Year and a lot of polls. Are he's the highest wicket-taker of the year. Yeah, agree. And he hasn't played enough games. In the one innings he's played in the last innings of 2021, he hasn't taken a wicket. So that was an interesting one. But Ashwin's a quality player. We support him a lot. The other thing was that Bumrah was actually off the field for a long time. And Kohli alluded to this in two ways. One, at the post-match ceremony, he said, Bumrah was off and so they probably got around 40 extra runs. Because remember, they were not looking that. They were 144 for seven. They were 32 for four. Th- 32 for four. They had a bit of a fight back with Dickock. The 144 for seven. Well, we should have wrapped them up at 160, but they almost made 200. So those 40 extra runs, I thought would may have cost us the game in terms of a win. And potentially pushed it to a draw with bad weather expected for day five. But um, yeah, but but so Kohli alluded to that. The other thing he said was when Bumrah came on back to bowl, is he gave a nice WWF reference, which is uh, finally the rock has come back, right? I think that was the the WWF reference that got us all a little bit excited. Yeah, it just reminds you sometimes that Kohli is kind of human in our age and just loves the same things we love, etc. So yeah, I agree with you fully. A little disappointed from 32 for four. And what they were point to, we were saying, okay, how do we keep them to under 127 to, you know, potentially follow on territory? I'm not saying we would have been forced to follow on. It's ne- maybe not the right move, but would have, there's a there's a huge moral victory in having a lead of over 200. But full credit to the, the South African batters, Temba Bavuma in particular, along with Putin Dagat, put up a real fight back and got them to 197. But at this point, we're starting the second innings with a lead of exactly 130 runs. What is the dressing room conversation? There's rain around. It was, it was a little unpredictable, a little hard to say. And oh, by the way, this was all on the same day, right? So all on day three, we lost South Africa, uh, or South Africa lost all 10 wickets, rather. And then India comes back up to bat. So, if, so you know, Rahul essentially batted both times in day three. Rahul batted again in day three. But what was the thought process? What is India saying? 130 on the board. How long do we need to bat to keep the game safe? How many do we need to bat, make to have a shot to win? What was what are the permutations? Now this is where Test cricket is a beautiful map exercise, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say at that point at least one somewhere between one twenty to one seventy in the second innings, yeah. making it a two fifty to three hundred. We know from past experience that nobody's ever happy with two fifty. So I personally knew India's not going to declare at two fifty. They had a weird approach to this game, but 
they somehow got there. They made the 170 that I talked about, 174 all out. I didn't expect them to get all out. But I mean, the deal is that they crossed 300. They got South Africa in on the evening of day four. And I think that was what the overall game plan would have been. I think how they got there, even India didn't plan for that. There was no business for India to lose 10 wickets, 170 on a third innings score or a day four pitch that was not really troubling the batsman that much. So somewhere I think between great South African bowling, uh, rushed Indian batting, basically we somehow stumbled to the 300 target, but it was not pretty. Yeah, let's talk quickly about the approach before we wrap up and talk about the final innings, which was just phenomenal. But let's talk quickly about the approach, right? And can you, so you can fault Kohli for making 18 I'm uh, making 35, excuse me, in the first innings because he looked good, he had gotten settled, etc. When your approach and your mindset is, hey, there's rain coming, we probably have close to enough on the ball because Rahul looked decent again, uh, Tapur put up some decent runs. Like, can you fault the batsman when the guidance from Dravid and Kohli was probably, hey, let's just go for it, right? And Pant went for it, made 34 in the run of ball, but none of these other guys are really hitters, etc. So can you fault them for... From that four scores, when the mandate is to start scoring, to hit runs and get get some quick runs on the board. I mean, I mean an example, for example, Rahani. Right? I've never seen him look so focused on hitting boundaries. He has yeah. four boundaries, I think, three boundaries and a six. Uh, to make 20 at almost a run a ball. I mean, that's not how Rahani plays test cricket. Yeah, so and that's why I said I give them credit. I think they stumbled and they got there. It didn't look pretty from the outside, but maybe this was the plan. We don't care how it comes. You need to get those runs. Now, keep in mind, Pants was lucky. He got 34. He got eight in the first inning. So if Pants didn't have that 34, everyone else would have looked very stupid. So something clicked and we, we got there. But it, it did not inspire confidence how we got there. And this is not, so let's talk Pant quickly. This is not the first time Pant has played this specific role. It won't be the last, right? It, this Is this exactly the role he's in the team for? Is that when you need some quick fire runs or you need to just put a little pressure on the opposition or... You, know, you need to take a target that looks like it's good enough and just make it a certainty or all, you know. Is that the role he's here for? He's done it in Australia. He's done it before batting that nearly around a ball. I mean, he's, that's, his, that's his gameplay, right? Yeah, I think that's his gameplay. And you're the one who pointed out some stat on punts versus ball bowlers and punts versus <laughs> non-ball bowlers. So <laughs> I think his role in the team is to play the ball bowlers. Yeah, that's South Africa. Yeah, they did. I think Robada. No, Robada has hair. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is, a, this is a bad discussion because one of us is going to draw. At the run, keep in mind, Ravana plays for Delhi Capitals. Ravana has hair. Okay. So. Google it on the side. He definitely has hair. Okay. Why did you think he's bald? It's short. It's a bit short. But why did, why did the talk with the stand about Pants versus Yeah, Bob I don't take any credit for it. It was on Twitter. We retweeted it. So full credit to whoever came up with the original stat. But so strange. But, but come, yeah, coming back to your question, yes, Pant has to adapt. That is what his game is going to be. And I think he did the job, right? Like some of his shots were good. Some of his shots were poor. But he got four in both cases. So we just have to live with that. That's how he's going to play. So 174 on the board. Which Let's not forget Thakur was promoted to three. Uh, don't say promoted. <laughs> night, watch, night watch. Thakur is a great batsman. Okay, night watchman. By the way, for all the listeners, I mean, Ashwin watch Thakur's straight drive at Lords or over. I can't remember which one. You at least yeah. 10 times. You said it over. Till he admitted that that shot looked like a Sachin Tendulkar straight drive. No, let, 
Let me clarify. We'll share the video if we can find. You posted a video of the two straight drives fused into one, like such a such a such a, and you like showed it to me. I said, "Who was this?" And I said, "Such a," and it was such a. But anyway, I feel like I was pranked. But three hundred and five runs as a lead. Three hundred and six to get. I think it was, or was that right? Three hundred and four runs as a lead. Three hundred and five to get. We're going to take another break, come back, talk about how our bowlers finished the job at Centurion, the Fortress Centurion, after the Fortress Gaba, and what's ahead for Team India. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome back. I feel like you said Fortress Centurion, and it's only happened because of Fortress Gaba. Like, I've never heard that term before. I didn't call you. I know. The media was going crazy saying Fortress Centurion. Well, I'm glad because we won in another fortress. No, so I, so I didn't coin it. I saw it somewhere. I don't know why it came up. I've never, we've always known that Centurion is a tough place to win, but it's also not like, un, un, not I mean, we've never won. This is what the media does, right? Once everyone starts enjoying the fortress gamma, now every place is going to be a fortress. I mean, I don't, I don't get them, but it's still, it's an unbelievable accomplishment. But let's talk about this again, early wicket, right? It's the previous over, or the previous innings, excuse me, Dean Alger gets out on the fifth. Here, his opening partner, Aiden Markham, gets out on the ninth ball inning. Bold by Mohamed Shami. And then there some, seems like a, quite a bit of a fight back. And this was a, what, a quote-unquote cliched captain's innings by Dean Alger, who I, don't remember, I know you have said, I know, you know, does he deserve to be South Africa captain? We've had a discussion for a separate day. But unbelievable defense, right? At one point, it really looked like they might either make it or at least be able to bat out the whole bit. I mean, remember, we have witnessed a lot of great day five chases. Now, you're talking about a team that is may not be the best test team today, but they're playing at home. They're a cohesive unit. They know each other's game and they've got some young and upcoming talent. So chasing 304 on day five, it, especially with, let's say, a 50, 60 runs on day four, net 250 on day five with, let's say, eight wickets in hand, not a tough thing. I would have been very worried. And I think Indian fans might have been praying for rain because remember somebody like Dickock also comes at number six. They have the batting for it. And so it became crucial that we just persisted on day four in that last session. And we needed somebody to stand up and outsmart these batsmen. Who better to throw the ball to than Jaspreet Bumrah? Remember, he has bowled, I think he got Marsh out in South Africa before lunch with a slow dipping LBW. He got, I think, Ollie Robinson out with a T20 type slower delivery, uh, a cut um, in England. And so we handed the ball to him. And I remember, Ashwin, you were telling me about how Vander Dustin has done extremely well and he's a great batsman. And yeah, all that. he lasted 65 balls. Yeah. And Bumrah came in and hit an in-swinger that Vander Dustin left and it jagged back into the off-stump. Now, it was amazing. Again, Twitter is great. I realized that the only the off-stump bail was taken off. Yeah. Just with that one. Oh, that like some bits didn't move. I've noticed that. And then a few balls later, Maharaj, the ninth watchman, was sent in. And it was important to dismiss him so that we get the upper hand and we get them at four wickets. Bumrah, on the second last ball of the day, after Dean Elgar has tried to waste time, pulls a slanted Yorker to the base of leg stump, where now only the leg stump bail has fallen off. Wait, really? Yeah, that is. So that's the skill and the mastery of Jasprit Bumrah. He takes uh, Maharaj. They are 94 for four. 
Suddenly, the day has ended with India in the upper hand. Bumrah turns around, stares at Dean Elgar to say, kind of, you know, you try delaying tactics, I'm going to be better than you. And that was like that. 20 minutes was spectacular bowling for me. Can we talk for a second about Bumrah's celebration since you brought it up? So, Imran Tahir runs like a 100-meter sprinter on the ground. Mohamed Siraj runs, arms in the air. He started doing the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration, which I'm not a huge fan of the fact that he's talk. But let's talk about Bumrah. It's almost not a celebration. It's almost like he turns around, puts his hands out. So I told you so. I knew you knew. I was this is why he threw the ball to me. Scared, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. Just it reeks a little bit of arrogance, but I, mean, I hope I hope he doesn't get when there. When you are playing at the level, just be put again. Can you not have a little bit of arrogance? Are you allowed? I think you're allowed to have a little bit of arrogance. Yeah, I think you are. I think when you know you can do anything like take the off-stone bail off, leave the legs down, take the legs down, bail off, leave the off-stone. I think you're allowed. So anyway, we love Bumrah and he's, he was part of my GOAT 11 test of all time. So yeah. this, this is all easy to say when, you know, things are going well. But of course, very different vibes when things aren't. But obviously, they come back out um, at 30, some, oh, sorry, 90 something for four. 94 for four on day five. There was a little bit of risk of some weather and India basically had to take, you know, the week, the next six wickets. Again, one of the four wickets involved was Maharaj, so the lower on the button. So really it was kind of like a three down and pretty pretty well cleaned up the job pretty effectively, right? It took us one less than 28 overs. Yep. Got the final six wicket. I will say you mentioned Ashwin didn't pick up wickets in the first innings. He did finally. Now he picked up Ravada and Ingidi, neither of who are celebrated batsmen. But he got two wickets, right? He has wickets against his name, which is what matters. Shami again looked great. Sirhat looked solid. Just a pretty clinical job. We're ending at 191, uh, getting South Carolina for 191. India wins at the Centurion by 113 runs. Pretty exciting day. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, a little bit of resistance by Bavuma and Dickhock. And I give Bavuma a lot of credit for the way he played in this match. But at the end of it, India was too good. Remember, while I did say day five, we've seen a lot of chases. In majority of day five games, the team the team that's batting or chasing a target of 300 loses. So, obviously, it stays in your memory and there are always exceptions. But India had the upper hand going in. Faced a little bit of resistance from South Africa, but our bowlers are good enough. They know that, you know, they just need to keep persisting. And honestly, by that point, we were just worried that rain stays away. So I'm glad they wrapped it up in within two overs or something after lunch. And uh, yeah, kudos to India. Ended 2021 on a great note, setting ourselves up for a historic series win against South Africa. I personally am very excited about the next two test matches. And I think this is, yeah, this is our best shot. KL Rahul, man of the match. Yeah, it's, I mean, his century did set it up for yeah. us. Like, no, I, mean, I, mean, I think it was fantastic. I mean, Bumrah and Shami were both great. So if you had to choose one, like, it's tough. And so I think KL Rahul's century set up the game for us. Ultimately, yeah, we won We won by around the score that he made in the first innings. I think there were a lot of people who would say, and by that I mean, including myself, would say a five for in the first innings and three in the second. Yeah, Shami. It's better than a century and then 20 on the draw, right? The century is five for. And the... Um, the three wicket hold is, you know, equivalent of around about 30, 40 runs. So from that perspective, I think Shami could have potentially earned it. But anyway, very difficult to actually uh, to fault anybody. We're just happy Team India won. Super, super exciting. A couple of pieces of news came out, obviously, with Rohit not available for the ODI. Rahul, who hasn't even been a mainstay for so long. Rahul actually freaking, yeah, Rahul has been appointed the ODI captain. I mean... Kohli's going to play in the series. 
It's very odd. Yeah. It's very, very, very odd to not say a C next to Virat Kohli's name. But let me say this, that I think this is a good transition for Kohli to just the first three games, see how it's like to not be captain. Yeah. He loves That's Rahul. Yeah. He's going to help Rahul. And uh, I think it's, yeah, it, it had to be done. Once you come out and say that, you know, you're not going to be captain anymore or, or BCCI says you're not going to be captain anymore. You can't keep changing your stance. Yeah. So I think Rahul captain, Bumra vice captain is a great move. Get these guys part of the leadership group and we'll figure it out. And let's talk about the one other piece of news. Yeah. Quinton Dekau. What a shocker, right? He, he plays all three formats for the Africa. He's been in the news lately. Some pro- things about the Black Lives Matter protest, refusal to take a knee, all of that. He came back in, he apologized. And now he's retired from test cricket effective immediately. South Africa has to pick a different keeper for even the second and third test. Yeah, it's I, it's a sad one. Like, I mean, Dhoni retired in the middle of a test series as well. So I'm not going to blame Quinton Dekau, but I think... He's such a great player for South Africa. He's one of the only known names. Like, I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, but if a lot of people today were to put on the TV, like let's say my dad, our dad was to put on the TV, the only name he may recognize in that top seven for South Africa is Quinton Dickham. Yeah. So think about it from that perspective. Him retiring is a big blow to their team. And I think Harsha Bogle tweeted that another cricketer chooses white ball over red ball. Yeah. So disappointing but this is what you have to do you want to extend your career you want to focus you want to you have certain goals that you want to accomplish you have to give up certain things along the way so and he's talked about family and yeah. personal life i mean you play all three formats for your country and several of the t20s it's very very difficult but disappointing news great great win for india still two tests left johannesburg and cape town are you revising your prediction for the test series i think you said two one i think i said two one i'm to india yeah to india I think I'll stick with it. I was going to say 2-0, but I'm going to stick with 2-1. Okay, so lots of exciting cricket ahead. That brings us pretty much to a wrap. It's been a little bit of a shorter episode. Again, apologies sincerely for the audio quality. We're recording this as much, uh, as best as we can while on the move, on vacation. We were planning to skip this week's episode of the new year, but wanted to be out there to celebrate the centurion. Huge congratulations to Team India and to all the fans. We'll be back, I think, next week as normal. Maybe all three of us will be on finally. We'll see how we can manage time zones. But here's to India conquering the next. I don't know if the Joburg and Cape Town are considered fortresses, but let's uh, let's make our way to those grounds and try to pull up one set. Varun, thanks for joining me to debrief. Enjoy the rest of the, the rest of the holiday, and we will, you know, wishing all our listeners a happy new year. We will talk to everybody soon. Thanks for listening. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. Senior Ambassador of the TEDx Program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. 
guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from. <laughs>